Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Yeah. Um, right, we're here to talk about ugly feelings. <laughs> but we can continue to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Because it's a real common theme that keeps popping up, isn't it? It is. And I think it gets worse around Christmas, right? Defo. Everything gets worse. If you're in a bad place, everything gets worse at Christmas. If you're in a good place, everything gets better. Christmas basically magnifies everything you're already feeling, I think. Yeah, makes you think about all the good things in your life, but also all of the bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had a lot of messages just lately. So we're recording this on, I don't know when, when are we going to release this? Before Christmas? Don't know. We probably should do or else it would be completely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so today's Tuesday, the 15th of December at the point of recording. And we've been contacted with so many people in the lead up to Christmas just saying, oh, I don't know how to cope. And yeah. it's hard, isn't it? Because there is no, like, how do you cope? Well, no, that, I mean, this is the thing. And this is what I always say, that there's no, there's, there's nothing that you can do to stop yourself having these feelings. Mm. It's just how you, how you deal with them that you can have an effect on but knowing that they are normal is half the battle and knowing that they don't make you a bad person I think a lot of the from a lot of what we're hearing and a lot of how I felt although obviously my situation's much much different to yours um a lot of how I felt in that time was guilt about the way I felt yeah it's and then it's a vicious cycle isn't it because you can't help the way you're feeling so feeling no. guilty about the way you're feeling is not going to do anything. But it's just so shit because you, you you start hating who you are and hating yeah. your body for not being else. able to do what it can do. Then you hate everyone else because you're jealous of them. And then you hate yourself because you hate everyone else. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. It's a horrible cycle. And as if, it, like, we posted something the other day, which I think resonated with a lot of people when we said it was something we talked about in a podcast saying that miscarriage and pregnancy loss, baby loss rips away your ability to feel like joy, pure joy for other people. Before I witnessed this, I was just like, I remember finding out someone was pregnant would be like, Oh, that's amazing. And you don't, and you, although you do think that in so many ways, 
you're also just like, it's not like I don't want it to be you. It's like, I wish it could be me. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't just take away your happiness for other people. It takes away your happiness for yourself and your, and pregnancy itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole thing's bloody tainted. It is tainted. And it makes you, I think it makes you realise what other people are going through as well, which is not a bad thing. No, not Um, at all. But like, for example, my sister-in-law had real, real problems uh, conceiving IVF, you know, the whole lot, Mm -hmm. miscarriages. And um, I always felt absolutely awful for her, but it was never to the same level as I would now. Yeah. You know, you can feel something for someone what is it? There's a difference between sympathise and empathise. I think you can sympathise with someone, but if you empathise with them, it's you actually really know. Yeah. And it's made me just feel like saying, I'm so sorry that I wasn't better. I wasn't more. I know, but we've all done it. We've all, like, just even things that we know we're not meant to say that we've we've said in the past. I remember going to a wedding and the months after the wedding, I kept saying to this couple, have you had a baby yet? Have you had a baby yet? When are you going to yeah. have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And I, I was young at the time. I was probably only 25. And I had no idea that there was any problems with conceiving or miscarriage. Oh, my God, what a dick. When I think about it oh, now, I feel so embarrassed. Now, yeah, yeah. Super cringy. And I think it's ma- it's massively part of the reason that I wanted to talk about my miscarriage. Because at the, at the beginning, I felt like I wasn't really worthy of being here. And I wasn't having only just had one miscarriage and stuff. But... Part of the reason I wanted to do it so badly is because I was one of those twats. I was one of those people that would say, at least you know you can get pregnant. Yeah. You know, the, at least I was a, an at least person. And I so stupidly and naively thought that you were either someone who suffered pregnancy loss or you weren't. And I assumed yeah. that because I hadn't up until now with three kids and blah, 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 blah. It, it wasn't my reproductive organs were all in order and, and everything was as yeah. it should be. And I wasn't a miscarriage sufferer. And I just, the, it hit me so hard. A, how much of a dick I'd been to other people <laughs> and they must have hated me and been like, fuck you, motherfucker. And B, how wrong I was, how com- incredibly uneducated and wrong I was. And it just makes me think, I just want to change that for everyone. I want yeah. everyone to know what what to say to someone. I want no one to say at least anything. I want everyone to say I'm so sorry this has happened to you. Yeah. It's shit. It's shit. Yeah, anyway. Do you want to get a word in edgeways now or Um no, you're doing pretty well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty but you well always say this and then you're like and then afterwards off air you're like, "Wow, well, couldn't get a word in edgeways." Ah. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, you say all the inspiring things. Well, I just, what happens is that I start talking and then I get really passionate about what I'm talking about. And then I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm right about everything. And then I yeah. can't stop. And when you were talking then, there were like three things that I thought, yeah. And then and now I've forgotten what they are. <laughs> <laughs> because your monologue went on for so long. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, oh, it's okay. I love it. It's where all our inspirational quotes come from <laughs> when you get in the zone. <laughs> yeah, because you just said every, so this is the way we work. Basically, Laura sends me like, things and then I'm like yeah and then I make it prettier yeah an airy fairy yeah (laughs) so ugly feeling so I'll tell you one that I really struggled with when I posted about the miscarriage my husband's friend who I vaguely know well know well enough to go out on the piss with and be friends with on Facebook the following day that sort of friend Mm -hmm. sent me a message and said 
I'm sorry to hear about your miscarriage. I'm seven weeks pregnant and I'm really worried. Um, Ouch. Yeah. So what, like, what do you do with that? How do you respond to that? If you, if you've suffered a miscarriage, how would you respond? If it was me, I would ignore it until I was ready to answer it in a way that wasn't going to come across as like bitter and twisted. Um, I'd want to say, are you fucking joking? But I wouldn't. I'd leave it for a few days and then I'd respond saying, um, thanks for your kind message. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in your pregnancy. Mm. Congratulations. But I think there is nothing wrong with taking a step back in situations like that. And, and in, in all of those situations, if you're out at a party and, you know, you see someone announcing their pregnancy, rubbing their belly or something like that at the bar or I don't know, whatever the situation may be, you can just ignore it and then acknowledge it at a later date. And if anyone knows you well enough or is not an absolute asshole, they will, um, they should understand because mm. you went through a stage when you, of just ignoring everything, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And do you think by doing that you hurt other people? Uh, I don't know. And to be honest, that doesn't really matter. No, because it was about. But is that survival. did you do you worry? Did you worry about that at the time? No, I was too too far in at that point. Yeah, yeah. I I just withdrew from everything. Honestly, I, all I did is I went to work, and then I came home, and I would just binge watch telly. Or something like that, just to take my mind off it. Go to bed and get up and go to work the next day. I'd say yes to nights out. And then I'd just, at the last minute, just cancel. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't really remember much of that time. It was about six months when I was like that. And what was the turning point for you? We went to that adoption open evening. Yeah. And then I realised I wasn't ready to, to give up on having a baby ourselves. So then I thought, right, just come on, Laura, you need to sort yourself out. We we were moving house at the time, or within the next few months we moved house. And I started running, started going to netball again instead of just bailing at the last minute. Mm. Got back into rowing in the summer. Just tried to look at the, be happy about the things I did have because I thought there was a very real chance that I might not have a baby and was I just going to carry on like this for the rest of my life? Mm. So I gave myself a bit of a kick up the bum. Plus I had my um, appointment with Magic Mike coming up in the spring. So that gave me something to sort of hold on something to. Something the diary, yeah. Yeah. And how many, because obviously you had, how many miscarriages did you have before Bertie? Seven. Seven. Well, so yeah, so five miscarriages, a molar and an ectopic and at what losses. point so presumably you felt first time you got a preg- uh, positive pregnancy test you felt the same as any other woman who hasn't had a proper education in fertility and how easy it is to have, have a have a child and you felt like a mum already two blue lines yeah boom yeah. done excitement excitement so yeah. how many miscarriages did it take for you to think the complete opposite to that without even like finding a pre- positive pregnancy test and not even a glimmer of like yes uh so I think probably the third one was the molar pregnancy so that was pretty tough um because of how long and drawn out the whole process was but when you found out you were pregnant for that before you realized it was a molar I was still you... hopeful do you know why because yeah. it's the third one and I kept telling myself and everyone third kept time telling lucky. me third yeah. time lucky <laughs> a load of shit like 
Third time, actually, the unluckiest so far. But then we had sort of a year where nothing happened because we weren't allowed to try and then we got married. And then I had my fourth one, the cycle after we got married. And I and I was so hopeful for that one because I was like, right, God is on our side. We're married now. In the eyes (laughs) of the Lord, we can have a baby. And then when that one didn't happen, that was it. But the negative feelings started way back. Even the first one, we were due at the same time as our best friends. And I really Mm. struggled to be around her. Um, And and that was tough. But I didn't really notice the ugly feelings as much then. I I felt them and then I put them to the side. Mm. But the more it went on. And, and, you know, when we got to like the sixth miscarriage, people were having their second child who hadn't even met when we started trying. Yeah. And I was like, how is this even fair? And the jealousy, you sort of bargain with yourself all the time. So I have actually been having a bit of a tough time recently because I feel like everybody is getting pregnant. Mm. And I'm I'm on this. If I ha- if I wasn't trying again, it wouldn't bother me so much. But now we're back at that that trying on the meds, seeing the specialist, and I'm trying to bargain with I don't know, whoever, someone some some higher greater being like why is this fair why is this fair that I Mm. have to do this again and then someone else who hasn't had any losses will just go and have first time yeah but do you know what it's really weird as you were saying that in my head I'm going but mate you've got the right drugs this time and and I now know that that's not the right thing to say and it's not, I should just be listening to you. And, but there's something in me that is so desperate to want to make you feel more positive and want to make yeah. you feel better and give you some hope. Absolutely. But it really highlights why people say all these all these things that can come across as uncaring or invalidating or hurtful is because we are all so desperate to see the people that we love and that we yep. care for happier. Yeah. It's a human reaction. And I, 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 it upsets me when I see people slating other people like oh I'd just say fuck you if someone asked me I know all that stuff because it's really tough because yeah you know that when you're in that position you you can totally understand the feelings but when you sort of take a step back and you can see it with a bit more clarity you completely like you say you understand that people only mean mean the Mm. best it's it is hard it's really hard and I think because I spent such a long time on the other side having had no miscarriages and three healthy babies and stuff I understand what it's like to care for someone deeply and want them to feel better, but not having the right words to say and not knowing yeah. the right words to say. Um, and yeah. I put my hand up wholeheartedly and I've said to to my sister-in-law, I'm so sorry that I dealt with it badly because I didn't know how else to, to deal with it. And that's yeah. why this message is so important because there is a way and there is a right, nice, kind way to deal with it. There is a huge lack of understanding into what that way is. And if we can get people to understand then at least everyone can feel validated. Yeah, I think I think it is tough. And even even now, I still do it. And I noticed that I did it with you the other day. The other day was been your due date. And I sent you a message <laughs> and said, you know, how wonderful it is that you're expecting again and how difficult it would have been if you weren't. And then I was like, oh. And then I sent you another voice note, didn't I? Because I was like, yeah. that came across as, that didn't come across as how I wanted it to come across. But mm. I want to you to celebrate the fact that you are expecting again yeah but that doesn't negate how how shit it is that you don't have a newborn baby right now yeah the way I took that was was that that I I I do feel like that I feel incredibly grateful that I am 
expecting and it has lessened the blow you're absolutely right I don't know where I'd be quite <clears throat> without it and it makes my heart bleed for everyone else who who is experiencing loss without the rainbow baby you know without the rainbow pregnancy especially at this time of year um, I think when you're going through recurrent loss you're always chasing that due date you're what yeah constantly I must be pregnant before that due date or I must yeah. be pregnant before Christmas because otherwise it's going to be unbearable I have so many due dates that I don't even remember them all anymore. I've got them all written down. But at the beginning, I would take the day off work because I think, oh, it's so significant. But when it happens again and again, you just like just have to get on with life and go through the motions. And and if you plan to go to work and play netball in the evening, then before you know it, that day's gone and it wasn't Mm. that hard. But what is hard is that no one else remembers. Yeah in your own little world of grief on that day and everyone around you is just sort of plodding on with life. Mm. Did Scoop remember yours? I think the first one. Yeah. But like, like I say, I don't even remember them all now. Mm. I would be able to if I was to sit down and think about it. But when I don't think, oh, there's a date. So I think I had a due date on the 3rd of December Mm. and I completely missed it. Not that I'm trying to remember it but but you suddenly thought oh it's the 5th of December that was a few days ago or whatever yeah Yeah. it's a funny one the dates the date thing is a funny one and I think I I've I've got a really weird memory for dates like I remember do you remember when I told you when your birthday was like yeah I'd only had about three conversations with you (laughs) You okay that's weird um but I have a weird memory for dates so I always knew that it was going to be a thing yeah. And then when it was a thing, I, I sort of let everyone else off a bit because I know that I have a weird, like Rob didn't even remember. But it felt important to me to, because I wrote a post about it, because it felt in, important to recognise the good that's come out of the, that mm-hmm. baby's little, tiny little Oh life. my God, yeah, absolutely. You just lay so much significance on dates. And like I said, it's go through the motions and it's not mm. as bad as we expect it to be. But there are certain dates that always stick with me, like... I know that my second miscarriage started happening on Valentine's Day Mm. because we went to a rudimental gig the night before and I thought, oh, it must have been the bass at the gig. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) And then like our first positive pregnancy test was on Christmas Eve. Um, That's hard, isn't it? That's that's really hard. Something that could be so special and then a couple of months later you look back. Oh, but it it was. It was an amazing Christmas. Do you still look back on that fondly or do you look back on it now and just think, oh, fuck, I was so well, stupid? I, I or... mean, it's one of the only Christmases that I actually remember because I was through lack of drinking. drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. I hear you. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, we were blissfully naive and excitable and, you know, this thing wasn't even the size of a bloody poppy seed and we'd already chosen its name and, and stuff like that. It was just so exciting and everyone was was so overjoyed for us. It was nice. Just a shame it went to shit on the 7th of January, eh? Oh, man. Yeah, that's mm. hard. The other thing that I thought was quite relevant to these uh, these ugly feelings is we say to ourselves, even heroin addicts have babies. Yeah, we do say that. Even starving African women have babies. Why wouldn't mine stick? <laughs> it's my thing is like teenage pregnancies. Yeah, unwanted pregnancies and unplanned pregnancies. Mary and Joseph. Mary Mary and Joseph is slightly different. I have to obviously that as a Christian. Planned. It was planned, just not by Mary and Joseph. Ah. Oh. 
Okay. But back to ugly feelings. I think I I really struck by so something that happened years and years ago when I stuck because I never had periods and infertility was a, sort of quite a, a scare. Mm. Um, our friends, our best friends. So my first husband, his best friend, and his wife. We were going skiing together, and they were like, "We've got married, sort of same amount of time," and we were already trying already not having periods, already worried, already this, already that. And they were like, no, we're not going to start trying until we get back from skiing. And lo and behold, two weeks before we went skiing, we got the whole, yeah, I don't know how to tell you this, but we're pregnant. And I was like, right, cool. Okay. I thought you weren't going to try it. Oh yeah. It just, ha- it just happened first time. It's an accident. It just happened first time. And I remember mm. being so like annoyed yeah annoyed with them I was annoyed that they'd started trying before they said they were going to and I was annoyed that it happened first time by accident you know barely snogged each other and there she was pregnant and I really found it difficult to get even after this is like 10 years ago even after our kids were born I found it difficult still to be I just found them difficult from then on. It tainted my sort of view of them. And he said, the husband said to me, um, I went and had to drop something off. So it was just me and him. And he said to me, he said, it was the first time I'd see, because the wife told me by, it was just the two of us. And the first time I saw him, I said, oh, congratulations. And he said, yeah, you know, it's, it's just our time but your time will come. And I remember being, I just had to, I had tears in my eyes. I had to just walk away because I was like, how do you know that? You don't know that our time will come. You know that I don't get periods. You don't know that our time will come. And you've had the nerve to say to me, it was just our time. Like before we even told you we started trying and, and it Mm -hmm. just, and I can't, I like, I was so mad about it for such a long time that it really did change my views of them. Yeah. And it feels so silly because I did then go and have kids. And then, you know, yeah, you can't explain it, though. That's what I mean. You feel all these things. And I felt like such a bitch afterwards because I can remember my husband going to me, but you're you're pregnant now. You know, it's all OK. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. And then I couldn't tell anyone that I still harboured these feelings of slight annoyance. Did you know that you had, did you recognise those feelings at the beginning, like the first time that it happened? Yeah, I reckon I recognise them as like anger and annoyance and like just oh, you're so it's not selfish. They're not selfish people. They're not so nothing they did about anything was selfish. But I was so obsessed with everything that I was doing mm-hmm. that I was like, you're so selfish for doing this before you said you were going to and for doing it before we went skiing and for yeah, just I was so annoyed, so annoyed. Yeah. And I've never admitted it to anyone because I then when I analysed it, I was like, don't, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. How, why do you feel like this? That's mad. I know. They're allowed to have a baby. Yeah, I mean, I I would feel like that quite a lot, where I'd expect other people to put their lives on hold, because how dare they have a baby before me, because I've been trying for longer. And at the time, I actually, I, I actually thought that, like, how dare they have one before me? But like, it's so unreasonable. It's so, so, <laughs> so unreasonable. unreasonable. Uh, but you do, it's a natural and this is what I mean I mean the reason I'm telling that story I guess because there will be a lot of people listening who feel that right and yeah, who definitely. feel this absolute instant anger rage mm-hmm. like oh I 
hate you. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I find that, like I said earlier on, stepping away from the situation before you react to it is definitely a winner. Um, And also, depending on what your journey's been like, but if you're going through sort of recurrent miscarriages, just, and people around you know about it, just tell them what you want from them. Just say, Mm. look, I know you're probably trying for a baby soon or after you get married or, and you know, I'm struggling and I will be really happy for you when it does happen. But I'm, I've been struggling with these feelings of bitterness or resentment towards people. And I don't want to feel that towards you. So when it happens, do me a favor, text me and tell me, give me a bit of time and then we'll meet up, go for a coffee and, and I'll be happy for you. But I just, can't take the shock of it Mm. and well you can say what you like to them but that's for me that's what works and that's what how I felt I would have much preferred a a text message and uh is that what you did yeah yeah most people did it those that didn't did it mostly out of sort of acknowledgement for our troubles and thinking that that would be a better way to do it what do you mean telling me in person because they felt I deserved to be told in person because of it so I couldn't really have the hump about it because it has come from a good place but it was difficult to deal with face to face you know and that's why my my congratulations and stuff face to face was always so bloody over the top I just didn't know what else to do yeah because I guess if you do the whole big congratulations thing you're it's it's easier to hide something in a massive gesture isn't it yeah yeah but most people did just send a message but you know I have to say that when I was in my worst place the thing that I struggled with or one of the things I struggled with was I even got jealous and resentful of people I didn't know so if my friend at work would tell me that their sister-in-law was having a baby I'd get that same feeling I've never met the fucking sister-in-law why would I even care that's when I knew it was bad people I've never met and William and Kate oh they always announced their pregnancies at the same time as I was having a miscarriage that's shit bastards how dare they (laughs) how dare those royals keep reproducing (laughs) oh I mean I guess the moral of the story is you're not a bad person for however you feel yeah yeah and it is normal and don't Go saying these things to your mum or to your sister or your best mate if they don't know, if they've not been there, because they won't get it and and they might think that you're being unreasonable. Mm. This is the safe space. Groups like like this, people who've been through it and understand it, because otherwise people just, just don't get it. They don't get it. And I've been told so many times by people to just, snap out of it and how can you be so bitter and can't you be happy for them no I bloody can't all right let me just dwell in self-pity and be angry and sad for a little while I will get over Mm. it but I do not need someone who doesn't know how this feels telling me how to get over it thank Mm. you very much good night it's I think that's the same with anything isn't it mental mental health wise if you can't tell someone with depression just to snap out of it no and you can't and you you have to fit there is no way of getting around it you have to feel these feelings in order to finish feeling them oh that's a bit of a but you have to finish feeling feelings you have to finish feeling the feelings 
or the feelings will finish you. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. But do you know what I mean? You have nice to. <laughs> what I'm saying is it's a process, right? It and you you can't, no one can pull you out of your process early because that process will be still there. It's like doing yeah. half a training. You can't do half a degree and then go, oh yeah, I'm ready to be a surgeon now because you'll kill people. So if you've done half a surgeon degree course. Right, where are you going with this? This metaphor is very odd. If you do half a surgeon degree course and then leave, get pulled out of it, you've still got to finish the other half before you can function as a surgeon, Yeah. right? So if you've got all these feelings of sadness and overwhelm, you've got to finish feeling them and then they're done. Else they're just left unfelt. Okay. If this podcast is left with a knife in too many minutes, then this is one of the bits that's getting cut. <laughs> too many minutes, too many minute minutes. <laughs> um uh, I yeah, I don't think you should cut this because this is <laughs> this is T W G G E at its finest. <laughs> you are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, this is a good one. I like this. Just putting the world to rights. Yeah, maybe we should do it more often. Let's do it more often because it's it is lovely interviewing other people, but sometimes it's nice to just have a moan, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so nice. I think it, it's quite cleansing as well. Maybe we could ask for suggestions of things that we can moan about. Yeah. Maybe we could we could probably do a whole episode on stupid things we've done when we've been drunk. That's not really related to miscarriage and baby loss, though. But yeah, that would be you, like a little bonus, funny extra. Yeah, if you would like that, then um, <laughs> write into the studio on a postcard. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Always, always. Um, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Mm, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.